we fade in from black, hearing the loud click-clack, click-clacks of the city before we see the interior of a dimly lit bar. A lantern sits, flickering, providing shadows, and we can see a sea of sleeping people passed out on the floor, while a clockwork robot of some sort sits perched on a table, making sure everything's safe. But not everyone's sleeping tonight. We see, as the camera pans over, a close-up of Phoebe Dunsman, the patron to our group and the person who has set up bank heist. And as she sits there, idly swishing the whiskey in her glass, we hear a voice from off screen. What's wrong, cousin? Can't sleep? Phoebe downs the glass, wiping the back of her hand across her mouth, or looking across at her cousin. I'm worried. I hired this crew for a job tonight. Uh, they haven't returned. And the cousin kind of goes behind the bar and starts pulling out like another glass and filling it. Phoebe says, you don't think... I mean, I was pretty clear, right, that we were hitting this bank in the morning? You don't think they went and did something reckless, do you? Phoebe. And uh, so she's like, Phoebe, and she like puts another glass in front of her. I'm sure things will always work out. They always do. Phoebe just shakes her head, takes the glass, and pulls it up, downing it. And as the glass goes up in front of the camera, it sort of cuts from that circular bottom of the glass to a giant bank vault. A large sort of vault with a combination lock and all. And we see standing there, Saruk and Anita trying to crack the safe. So, the interesting thing here... In order to sort of, I guess, not spend the first 45 minutes of tonight's session rolling perception checks after perception checks, uh, I went ahead and asked Anita to, to make some rolls at the end of last session to sort of see how long it would take to actually crack this safe. Uh, Anita, can you share possibly with the audience what those rolls were, your first three rolls? My first three rolls after we closed the show were uh, 23, 23, and a natural 20 for a 25. So I had and I had narratively planned to sort of have the time pass as you struggle with opening the safe, but against all odds, Anita has managed to go ahead and crack this vault door right off the bat. That is uh, actually very impressive. So the camera fades in, or camera fades from the bar scene to the vault, and we see Anita working at it with like kind of Saruk there helping. Um, against all odds, Anita does a few like turns of the dial, and you just see the eyes go wide. 
and there's this clicking noise as she pulls the lever and as she does the handle gives and the giant sort of round thick steel door comes loose you've opened the vault in just a few minutes after the end of last episode isn't it amazing that what you can get done when you're not being fired upon impressive Oh, yeah. Also, the fact that the sirens aren't blaring anymore really helps. Oh, all right. Where's everyone else? They'll figure it out. Zurich tries to open the door. Yep. Okay. So you you go ahead and uh, and uh, and open the vault door. Ooh. The vault door slides open past like passing in Zurich. And uh, you're expecting a prize, right? A large room full of cash, something. Uh, you do, in fact, see a sort of table in the middle of the room with a large chest that is easily probably almost 10 feet across. And it looks like it's on the table and it's sealed. And there are four or five other chests kind of discarded around the room, just open and empty. But this one locked in the middle of the room catches your eye. And the entire room on the outside is actually covered in steel cabinets, each that has like two locks on them. It's just a wall of safety deposit boxes that the patrons here have have paid for. But your heart skips a beat because as the giant vault door opens, you realize there is another sort of cage door locked and sealed beyond the vault door between you and the chest. Does it look like something that like someone could get an arm through or perhaps a robot of questionable moral compass might be able to tear apart? Uh, it's definitely big enough. The, the bars are small enough to keep anything really small from getting through it's it there are bars and something could slide through and you can even get an arm through to reach through a little bit but you know it's it's smaller than anyone in your current party could probably get through mm -hmm. and but it's not just like a big iron wall of each no, shit you can see through into the into the cage and so the camera's here right and we hear like saruk and nina just kind of like dealing with this the camera pushes past as they just start working on the next layer of defense and as the camera kind of goes through, we see the kind of chaotic aftermath here in the lobby of the bank. There are numerous gold tank investors, people who have a vested interest in keeping this place safe, are, you know, unconscious and lying around. Wybert is standing over one who's had his whole brain, like, caved out and just splattered blood everywhere with Wybert's, like, hand still, like, sort of dripping the blood. And uh, we see... Four of these clockwork machines mangled, destroyed. They're sort of coil or rope kind of hanging on the floor. And each one of them sort of in their face and like chest cavity have these glowing, flickering flames still pulsing and, and filling the, the previously dark bank with light. And as the camera goes out the front door, we kind of catch uh, Reficule and Halbrent on the front looking off in the distance where they are watching these sort of orange flares kind of go up in the skylight in the in the sky if 
That might be a problem. Yeah, the look in behind. They better hurry up. I mean, I don't know how that stuff works, so. Question. At least I think we're ready. GM. Mm-hmm. Does he still look like Loveless? Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely looks like Loveless. Due to the hat of the disguise from last week. I have to say, looked better before, Hal. I agree. I can't. It doesn't, like, it works once per day, apparently. And since it was after midnight, well... I was able to change back there. I thought people were going to come in from the back, you know, and I was going to be ready and say, yeah, it's a simulation. Everything's going to be just fine. We're, uh, we're making sure the security is tough enough to keep anybody coming through or wanting to get in there, out of there, so we can keep these investors happy. But apparently the investors showed up. That's what happened. Because I was wondering, because, you know, we were fighting in there. I was shooting, and then you said you'd put me in the best position, and you weren't fucking there. I literally threw those robots on the ground after I stabbed them with my knife. That was pretty cool. All right. But yes, I I figured, you know, you watch the front, I'll watch the back. I, I mean, I guess investors would take the easiest way forward. Maybe I should have been out front. Yeah, I think we should have come here in the morning. No, it's like a beautiful night. I mean, we're out here in the morning. We'll be, you know, the smog will be dust, you know, blowing across the street, smog in the air. I mean, at least, you know, at least now we can, you know, all see pretty good. Makes sense. I mean, despite probably what Tusk thinks, this is actually my first time robbing a bank. Really? <laughs> what? Does this look like a face of a bank robber? Eye patch, cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> Give me your best girl face. face. Ah. And tight-lipped, I go. I mean, you still look like a dude with a scar on his eye. Not really sure. You definitely don't look like yourself, so when you change back, ask me that question again. Oh, that's right. I'm still lo- I still look like the half-elf. Um, in that case, I do grin at you. But, uh... <laughs> While you're sort I've... of having this conversation, too, Rafikuli, as you're talking about never robbing a bank, you, you can ask me to keep the conversation going, but your eye kind of drifts to the side, because you guys are each kind of posted up on one end of the court, sort of courtyard up, and you notice here, um, on your side of the bank, Rafikuli, there's like a window that leads into what you can kind of see looks to be some sort of office. And uh, you start to wonder, you know, you're talking about robbing banks. Your mind sort of looks at the thing and wonders if maybe, you know, these offices could contain valuables of some sort. Because you guys haven't really fully tossed the bank at this point. Al, even th- even though it doesn't look like you, you got that look on your face. I, just, I mean, look, you want to hear the truth? Between me and Annie, she's the one with sticky fingers. All right. Is that why she was looking for the lizard tails? 
think she wanted to just experiment a little bit. The camera looks because you guys both give a casual glance back towards the vault, and we can see, like, way back in the distance, out of focus, sort of Anita and Saruk sort of banging their heads and, like, Wybert trying to punch down the door as you guys are, are trying to bust into the, to the vault still. And you guys can see now the door, the big door's open, and there's another inner door, another layer of security that was not accounted for. Like, why would, why do you think they would, like, have this big-ass piece of metal with all these spinny things on the front of them and then, like, just have a simple gate right behind it? I mean, they should be through that in seconds. It's almost I like mean, we don't have the spotlight to make rolls to get through it in seconds. You think, uh, see that window across from here? I see it. I think those, uh, I don't even want to call them thugs. I mean, what the hell are they doing there? clubs, but uh, the clean suits and everything, but uh, you think they could have came from those offices? Uh, I don't, I was in the back, I have no idea. You doing alright back there, honey? The camera flutters back in towards you guys. Uh, if you guys want to give me uh so, like, this is no longer a combination lock. This is back to being a normal lock. But this is absolutely the toughest lock that's been in the whole bank. It's it's not a simple lock. It is a complex lock. So, if you guys would like to, we're back to thievery only. We're not using um, perception on these because it's not a sort of click, click, click dial thing. Uh, if you guys just would like to give me, uh, you know, three thievery checks. We can see how you guys are doing. I think Saruk is going to step back. Uh, mechanically, I will clue in on Anita's first, and if it doesn't work, there's probably whether or not it works, I feel like, is an entirely different matter, but when it's very clear we can't pick this, just turn to Wybert and point and break it down. Alright. Um, I'm going to adjust the candle a little bit so that I can see better. Okay. Merry Toyota! With a plus one circumstance <laughs> bonus. What? It was a 15. Uh, plus one circumstance bonus 13. Yeah, just three rolls and we'll, we'll kind of ballpark how you're doing time with. Okay. Oh, three rolls? Yeah, three different rolls. Uh, okay. it, it takes multiple successes to get through this lock, so. Okay. Oh, okay. Let me... This sort of, uh, this lock has like multiple, more pins than usual, like the standard lock in these days probably only has about three pins. This one's rocking like seven different pins, and you can tell that some of them are sort of false pins, and other ones have, uh, if you, if you like lock the wrong pin, it like resets all your progress. So it, it is definitely intended to keep people out. All right. So that's a 22 for the second one, uh, including okay. uh, Saruk's clue in. Okay. I think I can only use daddy. a plus one Saruk daddy bonus. Okay. <laughs> and daddy has the plus one daddy has rolled a nine. Okay. So yeah. you, you spent a few minutes, you're going through this, you're trying to pick it and you start getting a little bit of progress, but this sort of the false tumblers and the things that are designed to throw off the casual person kind of resets and you lose like all your progress and you feel like frustrated as you got to like start the process again. And this is starting to eat into your guys's time. And, and for all the right. first time, Maybe you're starting to feel a little, a little time pressure. I look and that's in. probably when you hear, Annie, you doing all right back there? 
fucking no, bloody hell, Jesus Christ. I look at Saruk. Who is Jesus Christ? I don't know, I read him in something called the Bible. Alright, mm -hmm. let's try watch oh, Actually it. on your last on your last roll, you actually break your lockpick. That is a oh, critical fuck. failure. Oh, so good you... thing, thank you, Saruk, and then I Passes replacement pick. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. You, you but, can use uh, replacement picks, but you've broken one of your tools. Can Wybert try and just break this door down? Just like a straight Try to smash it? Sure. Strength, give me athletics, yeah. Uh, it's probably an attack roll. I mean, you can give me an athletics check if you are, you... are you trying to break it down, like, smash through it? Or is it, like, Wybert just pushing through, right? Is it an attack, or is it just, like, shoulder charging? You know what I mean? Like, there's a subtle shoulder distinction, charge. I guess. Okay. A shoulder charge. Yeah. Give me, uh, give me... Give me an athletics check for Wybert. Come on, Wybert. Why is there so um... many doors in this bank? 19 for the first, just one? Just, just one, one, yeah. So Wybert kind of gives it a huge sort of smash uh, using the shoulder charge, uses the momentum, slams into it. Uh, the door, like, doesn't barely budge. It makes a loud noise that sort of echoes in the quiet of the bank. Uh, and the door, like, holds. It doesn't look like it budged even a slightest bit with that roll. We'd really have to try and pick this lock, Saruk. How... You think you can uh, mine things here for a moment? There, there's nothing out here. I mean, ah, the flare went up. I'm sure we'll be having company soon enough. And I casually walk back into the bank. Okay. Yeah, you can go ahead and and take control of your token and move wherever it is you'd actually like. I can I can pop over here to the battle scene so our viewers can get a nice sort of visual sense of the space in case they don't remember from last week. I step on top of the unconscious guy. Uh-huh. Instead of over him. What seems to be the problem? It's just the, the, the lock picks. It's more complex than I thought. Yeah, so... Let, let me take a gander. Sure. There you go, Ravi. Take a look. <laughs> Let's see what I can do. Can I give it a try? Sure. Go ahead and give me a thievery check. You got lock picking tools and everything? I borrowed some from. Yep. Baby. Let's see what Ruffy's got up his sleeve. Sounds like lock picking tools. Happy mm -hmm. Nissan. <laughs> <laughs> if you want, I can put I can put a clickable link in chat, but All right. that's a twenty-three. So okay. Alright. You start working through and you start making some successes and and you know, things are looking good. I mean, you don't break your lockpicks and you feel like you're getting closer to uh, to the door being open. Try it again. Mary Kia. <laughs> 22. Okay, with a 23 followed by a 22. Nice. Uh, Ruffy, with an app skill, just goes, gets the last one. A little bit of uh, give, and then with the last kind of tumbler in place, the whole thing tent like you can feel it loosen, and you twist the lock picking tools, and then the inner gate unlocks and opens for refuge. I'll put my thief tools away. Look back towards Annie and Saruk and say, "Ah, good thing you got that key there, Tusks, huh?" Then I'll yeah. walk back out to hell. 
The key's name is Reficule as you're walking away. <laughs> yep. And so that, that frees it up for Anita and uh, Saruk to sort of raid the vault. Now, it is, you know, you know this Reficule because you followed up Anita, but like Anita made some progress and you just kind of finished it off. Uh, but you can go ahead and take credit. Like, you only know internally that it was kind of <laughs> like she loosened the jar for you to like pop it off. Gosh. I wouldn't tell her that, though. <laughs> I can't fucking see what's in it. What's in this, Rook? A lot. I'll pick up the candle oh, and walk in. Yeah. So, <laughs> Anita's still holding this, like, little candle, right? I will say, Anita, you're you're looking at, like, some of these broken robots around the room. They have bright torches glowing from their chest. You could just take one of the torches out of their chest and it would give you better lighting than this little dim candle would it, you know. Fuck yeah, I'll do that. Uh, Sir, are you... I'm, I'm just gonna grab a better light. Sir, gods. Okay. Mm, grab one. Well, I think we were told in character specifically, uh, like, the number of the lockbox, I think. I'm just having a big old brain fart. Uh, right, so... See. Yeah, in this case... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, uh, I mean, if you wanted to go ahead and say what you thought you knew. Me, I, I have remember. no idea. Whoa, it is so bright. Whoa. That's that's a bright torch you have now. I thought it was as, just as a strong you, box. You pick in, right? You're afraid it's going to burn you, but as you reach your hand into the chest cavity to pull it out, you realize there's no actual heat coming off of this torch. Uh, sorry, sir. I don't have the number, but I remember something differently. It's not in my notes, the number. Everyone just collectively goes back to their yeah. notes. What there wasn't, we need in there here wasn't again? a specific lockbox you guys were sent. It was just go in and clean out the vault. Oh, so, okay. oh with the bag of holding. Yeah. Yes. So in this room, there are about four or five open, empty, sort of discarded chests that look like at its prime, this bank, this vault would be really packed to the brim with, with cash, right? Um for whatever reason, most of it seems to be emptied out, and all that looks locked is this one singular 10-foot chest slash box on a sort of raised table in the middle of the room. And uh, it, in and of itself, also has what looks to be a pretty complex locking mechanism on it. I'm going to pull out the bag of holding. Do you think that's yeah. going to fit here? Mysterick will grab the chest and try to put it in. So you go to pick up the chest, and it has so much bulk to it that it is... It's not just easy enough for you to pick up on its own, right? If you'd like to attempt to pick it up, we can make a roll, and it's really... It would be easier with multiple people to sort of help guide it into the bag of holding, you know what I mean? You can make the check by yourself, or if you have help, it'll be easier. I'll, I'll give it a shh. Uh, well, well, he does that. What were you saying? Everyone I missed it. Bernita? Huh? You said something and I missed what you said. You said you were going to do something. Oh, no. While Saruk tries, I'm going to mm -hmm. walk out a little bit and like maybe whistle for Ruffy. And then Ruffy knows that whistle. Just gave him a hand with the door. But uh, Hal, you got any cigarettes? I think they'll be fine on their own for now. Yeah, there you go. They're, they're still... Like four months old, but so Saruk, you you go to move this box, um, and it basically slips off the table, and the bulk is so much heavier than you were expecting. 
it falls off and hits your foot and just slams into your foot and it you can just feel like almost like the bones break in your foot as this huge metal clanking sort of like dents the floor of the vault it dents the floor of the it, vault it's pretty hefty what's the vault made of <laughs> oh no the vault floor is just looks oh, like it's concrete nuts. fucking adamantine ass chest if you were to estimate a bulk you know if you had to give a random let's just say we invented a system of weight measurement that sort of <laughs> went from like Light, light the bulky to things it probably has about 10 bulk to it damn hear that whistle have so if it has 10 bulk i could have set down my shield and my multi-pistol and picked it up with that strength check is it possible to like quickly unlabor myself and get under it now that i know yeah, that it's heavy yeah and... yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah i have oh. the bag holding out Yep. So, so you pick up like Saruk is. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess you're you're pretty buff, buff and strong, right? Trying to look at what you're like uh, this, the Saruk. <laughs> Just like yeah, your me. max bulk is twelve. So if you did unload some stuff, you could theoretically <laughs> do it, right? Just like squat and. <laughs> All right, just a little bit to the left. Yeah, you got it. And yeah, you got relax, it. Keep your posture. It takes some it. time. Shut up, Reficule! But Saruk just like ma- like basically picks up this thing and just starts shoving it into the bag of holding. And Anita's trying to wrap it kind of around the edge. And as Saruk sort of pushes in, it knocks like Anita off balance. But the two of them start, you just start watching this bag gets barely around the edge of this chest. And it just starts disappearing somehow into this little bag you're holding. I thought I heard Anita. I've never seen kind of technology before. Just grunting. <laughs> At, oh, and as you're as it hit the ground, as you're moving it, you can just hear the clanking and rattling of like hundreds upon hundreds of coins inside this thing. Ten bulk worth, in fact, not counting the chest. Copious amount of currency. Right. Uh, but it looks like you guys are making uh, at least some progress on getting that. Um, I think. Uh, Hal and Reficule, like, as you guys are kind of standing watch, off in the distance towards the town, because it's pretty quiet out here, you start hearing what sounds like the gallop of horses coming in your direction on the horizon. Like, kind of echoing through the quiet sort of town out here in Old Ironside. Is it coming our way? 100% it is. All right, uh, you hear that? Hi, that's what I said. I thought I heard Annie whistling. No, do you, do you hear the hooves coming from down the road there? Hooves. Hi. It's I time to I go. I do. I agree. <laughs> yep, you guys duck back in and, uh,. You see, like, Saruk and Anita sort of making the last final work of the bag, and Anita's now holding the, uh, I'll go ahead and... Evet! Evet! Loud swear words in Zambi. Evet! Loud swear words in Kibwani. <laughs> Loud swear words in Orkish and Abyssal. So I'm going to reveal the loot token here, and uh, Anita, you can add that bank vault... The ornate steel box with ten bulk 
to your inventory, and then you can go ahead and put it in the bag of holding so you don't, like, you know, die. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know. Because, uh, yeah, it would not be something you could normally carry on your own. Okay. Inside the bag of holding. Right. Yeah, if you put it in the bag of holding, it should, you know, it should yeah, reduce capacity. Yeah, look, it worked. Wow. The bag of holding has a max capacity of 25 bulk, and it's currently filled by 10 of the 25 bulk. Sweet. It works. Saruk will grab his mace and his shield and just start jogging towards There's the like, back door. You got like a little bit of a, a limp with that like pain in your foot, and then you're like sort of like the heavy sweat sort of dripping on. Um, yeah, I mean, th this is your last chance to grab anything you need from the bank before you make your escape. Uh, What's the closest thing to me right now? Uh, well, can... in the vault specifically. <laughs> There are plenty of like locked safety deposit boxes, but no. They're locked. They're all locked, right? They're all there's like two keyholes on each safety deposit box. Because normally the customer will have one key and the manager will have a key, and they have to both unlock to get into the safety deposit box. Uh, so they're none of them are easily accessible. Um, I Arthur yeah. clench my fist and then just follow <laughs> Saruk. <laughs> Out here on the sort of de and the the where the tellers' desks are, there's like quills and like like receipts and like bank slips and things like that. Uh, one person has like a little uh, bobblehead looking thing where it looks like a cowboy riding a horse. I feel like if I pick that up, it gives me ride as a bonus feat. <laughs> um, I'm going to uh, take one silver and put it where the uh, ornate box was. Okay. So right in the in the vault. Oh. I'll take the bobblehead. The little bobblehead. Yeah, it, it, it looks like it's kind of like a sort of prize, almost like a first place prize for winning some sort of rodeo contest. Gives you rodeo lore as a bonus. <laughs> rodeo <Sorry>. lore. <laughs> Annie, can you open... Open the, the flap of that bag a little bit. Well, just put yeah. it at the edge. Just put it at the edge here. And I'm just gonna sweep oh. all the papers and receipts and everything right into the bag. Into the bag. Okay. Yeah. We'll sort it out later. Are those hooves that I'm hearing? <clears throat> Time to go. Let's oh, get out of here. Should probably should probably go. Yeah, and so right. as as you guys say that, right, right out in front of the bank, uh, you hear sounds of shouting and whist shouting and whistles as you know the uh, the uh, the posse that's come riding your way sort of pulls up right in front of the bank, and you don't see anyone at first, but you hear, you know, a voice speaking, and. Reficule, it sends a shiver down your spine because this is a voice you've heard before. It is absolutely the voice of Angelique Loveless herself here in the front of the bank, commanding others to take positions around the bank. Right, Hal. You're here out front. We should go. Come on, let's go. <laughs> Come on, let's go. and Hal are out the back door. 
just like patiently tapping feet and looking in. Yeah, you, 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 for a second, you think maybe he's gotten really good at that accent. That Angelique Loveless? That amazing French accent? That amazing oh, French accent? That I want to hear in every session of this. Surround the building! <laughs> Nobody leaves alive. That was more Arnie than French. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, thank you for saying what we were all thinking. But you slip out the bank. No! Get to the bank! You start slipping out the back as as it seems like the majority of the shield marshals have shown up in the front, and you've heard that she's commanded them to sort of surround the building, and so you know that any minute they'll be flooding into the sort of alleys, the back ways around here. We are um, booking it. Yeah, so we go. It's Yeah, we are Going as fast as our speed. Three action strides. Every fast, uh, three action strides. Yeah. Carry us. You guys get out of here without issue, right? Front? Yeah. No issue with getting out. You guys ran out the back. They haven't surrounded you. There's nothing slowing you down. With with the way you guys have set this up, you're you're gone, right? And Anita has already mapped out the quickest way from here to the scrapyard. And immediately you guys are on sort of that path towards the uh, scrapyard and sort of leave the sort of shield marshal posse behind without a need for confrontation. Wait, just just as a precaution, could could I collapse the tower that I found? That's the collapsible tower. Once there you are people in it! <laughs> yeah. Hello! The tower is like, is like literally like what it is. It's like right where the scrapyard entrance is. Right at that entrance walkway, there's a huge pile of garbage just teetering there, like basically barely held up by a few supports. So you'd have to get into the scrapyard before you could topple it, right? Mm, okay, when we get in there. But yeah, that's coming, right? So we're in this sort of run. There's a moment for you guys to sort of collectively have a moment of like role play before we move to the next scene if you guys want it. Because you guys have, you've done it. You've gotten what sounds like a shit ton of cash. Wasn't so hard robbing a bank that I thought. That was very and he's jogging. You look great. You look great. Mister, whatever you're carrying that torch that's super bright. So it's like dark out here, but oh, you're shit. you're a bright bright source of light. So yeah. yeah you, in I, your inventory, how do I turn it off? In your inventory, take it out of your held hand and just put it in your bag, and it should turn it off. Okay. Because right now it's it's a held. Uh, if if it's like if you're holding it, it'll trigger the light. Just running okay. with an ever burning torch, just slamming. It. Okay, there. off. <laughs> yeah, it can go drop or just like stow it. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, as you make that, you turn that final stretch, and you can see the scrapyard coming up ahead of you. But uh, you also hear kind of behind you the f- sounds of like. Horseshoes on pavement, flip clop, flip clop, um, and you you sort of spin and on horseback, flanked by two of her deputies. Angelique Loveless is here. You've got a bit of distance on her, but she's looking at you, and visible confusion in her face as she looks <laughs> at herself, <laughs> like a, ha- a half elf man. What is this? Very way too well dressed human man. <laughs> yeah, and and so there's either a moment here where you either have to stand here and fight or make a break for the scrapyard. 
I mean, Run, like, right? it, if there's a reasonable chance of us getting there, I don't think we stop. Yeah. Yeah, there is. Refi thinks about it for a moment. I yank Refi's arm. Come on, Refi. Yep. You see his hand go for a moment towards towards the side where there's not a pistol at the moment because it's under the hat of disguise. But, uh... <laughs> you see the second Arthur fist of the evening. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and you guys make the run. There's that, like, long sort of moment that feels like it hangs for too long, and we see, like, Ruffy, like, really ears turning in his head, and Anita yanks him, and you, the whole crew is running towards the entrance, and Loveless and her deputies are like, yeah, you know, clicking their horses, and they are running right at you. And you can actually see now one of the two deputies flanking Loveless here is the same orcish woman that you guys spared so many months ago. And you make your way right into the front of the, the scrapyard. Uh, you know, piles of discarded scrap metal wood and other garbage mark this path kind of turn. That same goblin is on, like, the tower, like, watching this unfold. And he's like, Long shanks, Shield marshals! And he's, like, pointing at the shield marshals behind you. Like, you guys don't see them, right? And you turn that corner into the scrapyard. And Anita looks up and sees that, like, pile of of trash that could be collapsed. And uh, the goblin's yelling at you, Collapse the tower! Collapse the tower! I'm gonna fucking try! If it lands on Loveless, would the scrapyard become a graveyard, perhaps? (laughs) Yes, it would. Wow! (laughs) So, yeah. If if you have snare-crafting feats here, you could try to rig this in a way to be like a time delay fall to actually land on them. But I don't think anyone in our crew is that that built on traps, you know? So in this case, it's more like get it down right now or wait until she's standing there and then make the check and hope you don't fail, right? How so, would we... <clears throat> to take it down, what would one have to do? So there are... It's like this large pile of trash that goes up 15 20 feet over like the ground and you can see like sort of metal beams and wood planks that are very haphazardly holding it there so in order to collapse this properly you just need to remove the right supports that would sort of allow the whole thing to then topple over uh it's basically comes down to the the sort of basic checks you can do here would be something like crafting engineering lore or you know survival this is like more of a check than a than an attack or anything. You don't feel there's like a, a thing that is holding it up that one with a firearm could shoot and then cause that thing to spontaneously collapse on a corrupt police officer's head? It's possible, but it's more in the check to know where that spot is than the actual attack, yeah. Okay, if you make so the roll, I will totally let you flavor it as like shooting the right spot to knock it down, right? As we're running by, can I make a crafting check at it to see if I can't like quickly math it out? Yes, yeah, and this is sort of like a group thing as well. So if everyone wants to make a check here, uh, we can we can have everyone get in on the action. My, so it can be a, my Jenga lore apply here. Oh, fuck, <laughs> it would. This would be a, the perfect time for Jenga lore. <laughs> Are we actually useless. playing Dread tonight? <laughs> but there is sort of like basically it needs a certain number of successes to collapse the tower uh, properly as a group, right? 
Okay, 12 from Saruk, 24 from Anita, 17 from Halbrant. I leave this to the smarter group, smarter okay. people in the group. So that is two successes. Um, and Unless so, I can somehow do thievery for this. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Um, let me just no. see real quick, because it says... Just no. <laughs> just no. You can't no. steal the trap. Thievery already tonight, right? I just I like how you said it. No. No. No, no, no. no. And no one has a snare crafting. Okay, so so basically, um, with the successes, is you guys, like, two of the people's successes, uh, so Hal and Anita are both successful in, like, knocking the right, the right sort of pieces loose, the whole tower starts toppling in slow motion, and as it does, uh, Saruk, with your crafting check, you've actually put yourself in a bad spot, and part of the tower is now collapsing and falling in your direction. Uh, you're gonna take a little bit of damage. Oh, okay. So seven points of bludgeoning damage for Saruk. What's that? Saruk's just not having a good night trying to move stuff. Right? Seven points of bludgeoning damage. Uh, but you didn't critically fail, so that's good. Um, and in slow-mo, as the sort of debris is falling, uh, Angelique Loveless shows up, right? This tall, tan-skinned elf, her gunmetal blue hair, mitch-matched silver-amber eyes, locks onto Hal slash Angelique. And in one motion, she like has her rifle drawn, locked onto you, and she actually pulls the trigger. And there's this slow-mo as the bullet is heading right at Hal. And as as the bullet's traveling, the sort of topple, because you guys were at least successful, falls, blocking the bullet shot, intercepting her 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 assassination attempt on herself. And there's a loud bang as bits of metal, Saruk's kind of toppled over, um, and a, a loud boom and a big cloud of smoke sort of kind of washes over you guys, putting a 10-foot wall of debris between you and Angelique. Mm. And there's like this sort of settling as the noise kind of gets quiet and you can hear her screaming from the other side like, I'm coming after you! And I always hit a target. Oh god, that's the wrong accent. I always I always hit <laughs> my target. No, I can't do. We, we can't really hear you. Can you say that again? <laughs> a bit louder. After... After I'm done with you, there won't be enough of your lead-pocked pocket body. There won't be enough of your lead-pocked body left to identify. Do you hear me? You'll pay no! for crossing Mugland. Pay in the blood. But she doesn't seem to know who you are, at least. Except for one of us, because one of us is she. <laughs> no! She has to arrest herself. <laughs> I'm under arrest! Roll credits. Yep. But she's, she's, you know, she's yelling at you from the other side of the debris. Right. Should we get going, then? Sir, the, the goblin that's above you guys is, like, cheering and says, Go long, Shanks! And he's, like, crawling down from his perch to come down and, and, and you know, visit with you guys. And you can hear, like, on the other side of the debris, you can hear what sounds like shield marshals, like, attempting to climb the wall. 
towards you guys. But then there's also a sort of like loose slipping noise and a loud tumbling as you can hear the sort of mountain of scrap metal shift. And they were very clearly unsuccessful. And all you hear is, ow, oh, ow, oh, shit, fuck, ow, as they are being like pelted with sharp metal. So you've bought yourself some time. Do we see Longshanks already? Uh, Longshanks are eating us. the pickles. <laughs> Yeah, you are the Longshanks, according to the Goblin. Oh. Yeah, I feel like after the getting hit with things, there's not a lot of stopping, and we just keep going to where not here is by the most expedient route. Yep. So as you start, like, rushing in here, uh, everyone, uh, what what is our sort of... Okay, right, we're, we're sort of in this exploration phase. Uh, what is everyone doing with their sort of focus as we're running into this scrapyard? Uh, if I could, I would like to turn on my torch again, because I can't, I can't see anything. Yeah, go ahead. Pull it back out. It's amazing, right? It's, the flame doesn't go out, but you can, like, shove it in a coat or in a bag, and when you pull it out, it's just glowing. <laughs> oh, there's, that's where everyone is. All right. So we got, we got the thing. It's in here. I show them right. the bag of holding. Right, well, I was going to say we should maybe still try to be a bit sneaky, but for fuck's sake, not with that thing, that's so right. <laughs> I can't see, though! When the torch comes out, the one thing that you do see, Anita, is, like, above you, it looks like there's a giant crane arm just towering maybe, like, 20 feet over your head, and the light lights it up uh there there is a, a functional crane of some sort right in the middle of this scrapyard crane on. does it look like it works i mean it's not moving currently but it'd be hard to tell from here you'd have to get to where the cabin is and expect it perhaps right Oh, by the way, thank you for not stopping and trying to kill Loveless. I could only assume how tempting it was, given how close she was. It's okay, I I kill, I'll kill the one we got later. <laughs> As that conversation is going on. Aldo, what are you doing here? <laughs> that was my vision tester token, I forget. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn it, I thought I had a plot. Well played. No, unfortunately, right. that would have been a good plot hook. Uh, where, where's, yeah. where's the sewers? We need to get going. Head towards the sewers. Where's your goblin friends? We need to get the hell out of here. We need to get the hell out of here. We need to get the hell out. I feel like they're behind us. Yeah, is that like, like this? Uh, this one goblin is is uh, you know coming down. Uh, he'll he'll lead you guys if you want, um, but he's sort of climbing down from his perch, and he whistles. To be clear, we haven't crossed over into... I guess I saw a battle map and my brain auto-corrected to null territory. This is still, like, safe place to be. This yeah. is still... Yeah, so you guys were here earlier tonight. So, you know, from this entrance, you guys just need to go up to the left a little bit and you're in sort of goblin territory. This is all goblin territory. You've already made contact with them and they're not hostile to you and they're kind of expecting you. They think they've hired you as mercenaries. Yep, super cool. Just head that direction. Yeah, yeah so you can kind of head here, up right? here. Where I think... Okay. You can go ahead and move up a little bit and, and see. So as, as you sort of come up oh, here okay. with your light, Anita, you do notice off to the right, your light sort of hits the water and it kind of reflects off. And you can see sort of a bit of like bubbling 
uh, bubbling, rippling of this water, and it looks like a very disgusting pool of water that's kind of pooled here in the middle of the, the scrapyard. Is it now like that you have a light, really? you can actually see it. You earlier, you just like were being led through here blind. But does it look oily? Like oil? It does. Why don't you give me a perception check? Perception check? Okay. Yeah, you can give me just a perception check. Like, you know, when a ship. Oh, like an oil spill. <laughs> perception. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> looking a little Exxon Mobley in this graveyard that's about to be <laughs> when fire hits that. I haven't said graveyard yet. <laughs> I don't think. That's a natural one. I'm going to use a hero point. A hero point on this. Okay, hero point. If you got hero points Actually, in chat. Actually, no, 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 no. I, just, I got overexcited. <laughs> okay, okay. You don't want no. to. Yeah, you look over. I mean, yeah, it looks really oily and it just, there's a foul odor coming off it. And Okay. Cream. You you're pretty sure it's literally just a lake of oil. Lake of oil. Okay. And BDG streams does give Anita a hero point, so if you have a second hero point, go and touch your name. Okay. And thank you, BDG streams. Who might that be? I don't know. Yeah. And this goblin who uh, is like he whistles. Not bad, huh? That's our that's our drinking hole. Well, it was. Lord Glass had an awesome idea to, to sort of clog the drain, give us some drinking water, but now it's kind of just where we discard all of our failed experiments. Well, one oh, second. He walks up to the edge and you watch as he just like release himself into the pool of water. Oh, come on. So this used to be drinking water. Okay. Drain. And Saruka's, like, the camera kind of shifts it to Saruka has, like, left the sort of water pool behind and moved over towards, like, the, the goblin camp. And um, as before, right, a ring of crates surround a makeshift campfire in this sort of corner of the junkyard. There's, uh, they've, they've rigged, since you were last here, they've rigged over the campfire this complicated contraption of gears and rods that creates a spit. And you can see there's like two almost bike pedals and there's a goblin sort of like pedaling it and like sort of roasting this meat right over the fire. And it looks like some sort of like giant oversized rat possibly is, is cooking here on the fire. And uh, there's still quite a bit of pickles in your pickle jar. Your pickle barrel is still kind of in the middle of the camp and, and bringing a lot of goodwill. Uh, but the smoke smell of smoke meat actually wafts over you and cuts out the disgusting stench of the scrapyard around you for the first time. And you can see, you know, there are various tents and pavilions, and you've kind of found the corner of the scrapyard that these goblins call home. Sir just sits down and begins, like, getting everything on his kit back in place after too much shit falling on his head and or foot. From head to foot, shit hath fallen upon me tonight. It's also probably pretty obvious to the goblins at Saruka. God, most of us are pretty banged up. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, you guys look banged up a lot. I guess Would I'll turn that to go like, sit down. In the illusion? That's a good point. Probably not, right? Your illusion probably would bask 
any of the things from showing. Yeah, as long as you guys keep your disguises going. Now, do the disguises have, like, is there a time limit on how long the disguise lasts? Because it uses see. a certain spell, right? There's one minute to activate. Uh-huh. Illusory disguise. So... I'm assuming it's like 10 minutes. It looks like it's one hour. One, one hour. hour. Yep. So, you know, we're coming enough. up at the end of your disguise time, I think. Um... So, uh, Lord Glass sees you guys coming and then stands up and says, Relax! The Longshanks are here! At my request! And, like, everyone's, like, cheering. Trusted Longshanks, we welcome you back to Scrotch City! And we accept your offer of help. Is he speaking common or goblin? Yeah, uh, he's actually speaking common. And as he's uh, saying that, Saruk just kind of nods and looks at everyone who wasn't here for the conversation and nods a little harder and then turns back to Lord Glass and bows and keeps nodding. Yep. Annie, did he just call us long skinks? He has a lisp, Ruffy. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why. Come on, don't judge him. Just listen to him. He has something he has to say. Are you here? <laughs> What, what uh, exactly did you and Tuss promise to this uh, uh, flashy little goblin fella? Oh, that we're gonna help him? But I mean, we do have to help him eventually because that's our passage to the sewers. Uh, mm. Right. And in the background, he's describing how, you know, Longshanks here to make gnolls go away! And there's a big roaring, a cheer. Yeah, and you can see he's weighed down by this glass. It was described to you by Anita and Saruk, maybe, but you're seeing how sort of comical this guy looks. I'm actually going to pop up um, his art so you can get Let's a good... Let's see that art. Yeah. Do you know he called me stupid earlier? When we first met him. Murphy. Did he now? Uh, yeah, you know I, you, you know how much I hate being called fucking stupid. What? Right, you doesn't, know doesn't, doesn't happen very often. It's all right. It's all right. I mean, clearly, he's a man of fine taste. <laughs> and so, uh, Lord Glass, like, kind of gets off the thing, like the little milk crate, walks over to you, Saruk, and he's got a sort of hand extender in his hand that he uses to kind of smoke his pipe but he takes the pipe out and then he uses his hand extender to extend and shake your hand which Saruk will happily accept definitely not picturing a selfie stick right <laughs> Lord um, a lot of us are injured do you have anything b before we deal with your null problem uh, he, he, he motions to the sort of tents behind him and says you are welcome to sleep and rest if if you need to be. We will gladly accept you as guests of honor here in Scrap City. And every time he says Scrap City, the other guys are like, Scrap City, Scrap City, Scrap City. And like a murmur of Scrap City goes through the... Scrap City. Do they have any coffee here, you think? Uh, 
We turn and look at Lord Class and raise an eyebrow, turning the question to him. You at yeah, uh, yep. What are you asking them if they have coffee? Mm. One of them offer like one of them has like a cup and he holds it out in your direction, uh, Ruffy. And you look down, and you just see like it's full of like squirming cockroaches. Look, Al, they got a picture of you on their mugs. <laughs> It doesn't you look ain't seen like, nothing yet. Yeah, it doesn't look oh, like no. coffee per se, but <laughs> I'll take us. I'll take a ten. I'll uh, first you see me put my finger on the glass three times counterclockwise, and then one time clockwise. As that's going on, Saruk will put up his thieves' tools and pull out his uh, his healer's tools, and I'm gonna spend a quick ten minutes if it please the court. Yeah, this is fine. I ask Lord Class if it please the court to quickly uh, battle medicine, or not battle medicine, but uh, uh, treat wounds myself. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We are definitely in this sort of um, safe space here. You can go ahead and, and treat your wounds and stuff if you would like. Do you feel like this is relevant to the heist, TM, for the purposes in of... In this case, I'm going to say no. It's Yeah, not. I think you're right. I think so, yeah. <laughs> Shoot for victory. I think there's something Try. out of character real quick. Like, we never did, like, an actual full night's rest for Abomination Ball, so I kind of, like, really want to do... Like, In the whole I don't know the mechan- I don't know the mechanics of, like, a full night's rest for Pathfinder Just deal one hit point. You get- One hit I point? I think it's your con- Con mod. It's, like, con times level. Times level. Something like that. Minimum, with a minimum one. Yeah. Con- Two if you slept for eight hours, I'm you would slow. get but like maybe two hit points back. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you could bandage during that eight hours and it would probably be faster, right? Or just That's quickly. Yeah. Like, I as Saruk is done bandaging himself, I'll, I'll turn to Anita and like motion for her to come over. So did you do the right. whole hour's worth to do 12 on Saruk? No, I just did a, the 10 minutes. Okay. I just accidentally damaged myself, so I changed. Take three damage, heals for six, heals for three. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, what am I drinking exactly? Uh, that, like, uh, like, oh, that's, uh, that's our cockroach stew. It's literally like moving cockroaches and a little bit of like dirty water at the bottom. I take another sip. <laughs> One of the cockroaches manages to like, escape the cup and go up the side of your ma- your face, but you can't see it under the illusionary disguise. Drop it back in. No, <sighs> wave over to Hal. Oh, yeah. And then I'll go for Ruffy. Okay. Come on, Ruffy. Like old times. I'll uh, hand the mug back to the goblin. Thank you. Haven't had that in a long time. And so why you guys were sort of like doing this, like Lord Glass has taken it upon himself to to sort of set the scene and like explain the situation to you and to all of his sort of crew. So he tells you like these gnolls, they they ruin everything. They come to our scrapyard and attack us. They attack Longshanks like you as well. The shield marshals, they blame us. 
for attacking Longshanks, accuses us of killing them. But why? When we have so much good scrap around. And he makes a, a sort of like wide gesture at this scrapyard around you, this disgusting pile of trash. And he's very You could explain why people in power would blame people who don't have power for easy scapegoats, but I feel like that takes longer than the time we are allotted with you, my lord. Bows yep. again. And Can you describe their any of them at all, any of their leaders, any particular sigildry banners? Uh, banners? No, no, no. I mean, they all have... They're all mutated beyond normal gnolls, right? Like, some of them have extra arms, and some of them have eyes on their chest... And some of them, you know, they don't have eyes at all. I, I don't know. They're they're weird, and they just they keep luring people to the graveyard and murdering them. Not I'm sorry, luring business. them to where? Uh, he motions like he's <laughs> right behind him. Oh, the graveyard! Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> they've turned they've turned uh, my graveyard into a graveyard, thing. and that cannot stand. Good scene. Scrapyard. And so he motions generally behind him, and there's a giant pile of of scrap metal about ten feet tall behind him. And he he says, "They're you know they're on the other side of that hill. Like we we came up with a great plan. Monsi Mon uh, got in the crane, and there's a huge airship, and we thought we'd lure the gnolls into the kill zone and drop the blimp and smash them all." It was my plan. Great plan. Uh, but the blimp, Sir. it fell too Sir. slow. Like, it, it, it toppled and did a very casual slide into place. And they just laughed and walked away. But we've managed to seal them off. It's just kind of, like, nodding and nodding. And did I get enough information to, like, recall knowledge about what they might be? The gnolls? Yeah. Yeah, you can give me a recall knowledge on this. It would be a society or a mana waste lore, perhaps. Can yeah. I use my mana waste lore? Yeah, may use that hey, mana waste lore. Mana waste lore. Oh, that feels much better. Thanks, Annie. Do you, uh. Oh, well. hmm. Do you have any bit of candy left over in that jacket of yours that, that you got back? 16. Yeah, it's pretty old, though. Still from the prison. That's fine, I'll take it. Thank you. Oh, yeah, you didn't do a secret one, Rick, but uh, we got a secret one from uh, from uh, Tommy, so that's good. So, Rick, what you get on your recall knowledge, just looking it up, um, what... Oh, maybe you did do a secret one, huh? You guys got different ones coming private. Private, okay. Uh, what is it you're trying to recall? Is it dealer's choice, or is there a specific thing about these knolls that you're trying to think of? I think mostly I think Saruk is trying to find the line between like, have you mutated? Do your brain not work like sentient being? And this right. bad, no talky words happen. Or okay. is it you are mutated because you like Lamashtu too much? Or somewhere in there. Perfect. And for for Hal? Do, do I know that the mana wastes actually mutate people out there? Oh, that's pretty common knowledge. The mana wastes, constant exposure to the mana wastes in and leave things mutated and and mutants and things coming off the waist are very common. Okay. That's what you were trying to recall? Yeah, if this guy's, okay. if these were actually out on the mana wastes. 
Got might it. be able to so, find some lizard people. So there is, there are many tribes of gnolls, and they're not super organized. But it's there are plenty of gnolls that live in the Manaways, and they almost embrace the mutation. Like they see it as a badge of honor and a and a badge of. I mean. It's a rite of passage to kind of go through that mutation and survive. And not all of them will survive, but the ones that do are kind of held up in higher regard. So, uh, for the most part, it's best to steer clear of the mutated gnolls, or mutated any mutants coming in off the manor ways. But the thing that, that these gnolls kind of are always the tall tales, and you've never seen it personally, but they have a reputation of being very sneaky, and being able to abduct and pick people off that are like kind of left alone. Like if you wander too far from camp to relieve yourself in the middle of the night, these gnolls can sneak up on you and sort of abduct you before anyone notices. So that's always kind of the tall tale is don't wander too far from the fire. Yeah, I'll tell that to the group. And Saruk, with your check, uh, the thing that you get back is... Um, Well, do you have do you have any feats around lore recalling or anything? No, I just okay. I wasn't sure. If that a, was I am very smart. B, um, yeah. it's the goblin null propaganda or propaganda. For sure, for sure. Uh, it's one of my leads I'm pursuing right now. But that's yep, it. yep. In this case, uh, absolutely 100% that these nulls are beyond redemption. Like they're not. They've been mutated beyond the point of reasoning, and they. It kind of fits what you were told by the goblins, too, is that they just like to... They murder for the sake of murder, and they don't really fit into, like, society and laws. And they just do what they want whenever they want, as long as it makes them happy. Like, something with the, the mana waste, it changes them from being functional members of society to basically, like, almost just pure, like, chaos embodied. Not necessarily because of the religion or worship, but just the mana waste does things to their brain. And Saruk just kind of nods as uh, Hal is talking, checks his ammo, checks his weapon, stands up, and like once everybody's good to move, starts heading that way. Very like solemn shoulders squared. <laughs> yeah, well, like going where, right? Because he's uh, Lord Glass has told you that they're just on the other side of this giant scrap metal. So one option is theoretically just scale the wall and you could probably get there, right? Uh, what Lord Glass also tells you is the easiest way for Longshanks, and he points back towards where you guys know that big pool of water is. Uh, you know, Longshanks go that way. We have a, a metal crate, a box that we use to block them off. Uh, well, Monsi's the one who who knows how to operate the crane, but Monsi's been missing for a few days. Uh, if you see Monsi, uh, maybe she went to go fight the Knoll. She didn't come back. So if you see Monsi, maybe save her. Eh, either, either way, uh, that Who way. Monsi, you've been mentioning her a lot. Monsi, Monsi's our our lead inventor. She makes most of the stuff around here. A fellow inventor. Leading. And then this metal crate, what's that about? Uh, just right over there. We had a bright idea to put a crate so that the gnolls couldn't come through. Oh, right. So we got a crate and a airship 
blocking the path, and they've left us alone right. thus far. But we want our scrapyard back. Oh, also, everyone says the graveyard's haunted. It's it's just us. Look, and he points at one of the guys in the back, and he's like, watch, watch, Monzi made this. And one of the goblins in the back gets this long, like, metal tube with a weird sort of curve at the end and blows into it, and it sounds like a wailing, kind of like, ooh, like a very corny, <laughs> spooky ghost noise. And he says, ah, and all the goblins laugh. Like, that's, that's what we used to keep out long shanks. We, they make him think that the graveyard's haunted. <laughs> and they all laugh. But actually, it is haunted. We have seen ghosts. <laughs> what, oh, ghosts? Wait, so you are, mentioned are that they Monzi... Also ghosts? <laughs> you mentioned that Monzi could work the, the, the crane. So does that mean that the crane still works? Yeah, Monzi does it all the time. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. Does, uh... Does Longshanks need anything else? Only for Anita to operate the crane and move the large block in our way. I'd look at Anita and smile. Well, if you find Monzi, Monzi can do it. Just not sure where Monzi is. Where'd you last see her? Ah, she said, she said, he points at one of the other guys. What did she tell you? And the goblin's like, ah, she said she's going to go fight the gnolls, boss. By herself. She had a plan. And then so Lord Bath turns the said, she had a plan. So she's the, the smartest nail gobbler of all. I mean, if she could do the crane, that's perfect. But she, so past the airship and the the metal uh, the metal crate. One of the goblins at this point sidles up to the side of you, Hal, and offers you a little bowl, and it looks like there's a pickled rat in it, like a tiny little pickled rat. Oh, you're gonna give this to me? This is a delicacy. Let me see. Here, I got some. Uh, want some of this? Don't don't show your boss. This is like really hard to get. <laughs> And I give him a little bit of lizard tail. Oh, yeah. You watch as, like, the little lizard tail goes right in the mouth and, like, slurps it up like a noodle. Pretty good, huh? Uh, Any more, let me know. Definitely friends with you now. And then uh, we see, like, we cut back to, like, Lord Glass and Anita over here. Sorry, Is, is she past the airship? <laughs> uh, we, we don't know where she went. I mean... Mm. You might have gone to the gnolls directly. Uh, nail gobblers, we're pretty adept. We can, we scale these walls without too much issue. It's easy for us. We live here. So she could have easily gotten up there and gone past the airship. She could be at the gnolls. Right. She has a workshop just past the crate. You could check there. Past the crate. Okay. Workshop. So what's the plan here, Annie? Well, like Saruk said, we could head over to the, the crate. I'll see if I could try and work it and then unclog the drain, you said, Saruk? Saruk nods. That's the plan. And we're going to look for this lady called Monzi. 
right. who tried to topple all these so, gnolls by herself. Oh, I oh. lean in, so I'm not just going to go to the sewer and leave. No, we have to get past all this to get to the sewer. Okay, then we're going to look for this lady. And then we're, we're talking to the gnolls? I'm not right, quite sure what the plan is. That's like a point. Hey, what's his name again? Sir! Lord! Lord Glass. Lord Glass! What's in it for us? Oh, well, Hoagie already arranged payment, right? Could you remind me? Ah, uh, yes. Uh, he he kind of, like, goes um, over um, underneath his milk crate, and he gets off, and you see him fiddling and stuff. He's like, he's like turn around! Turn around! Avert your eyes! All right. <laughs> do you all do it? <laughs> you can watch. I, I slightly just turn, and then I'm just looking. <laughs> okay, yeah. You can see him, like, he tips up the crate, and then, like, reaches in and pulls out, like, a little sort of very nice-looking box. And then puts the crate and jumps back on so you like, have no idea where he got this from. And he says, If we agree to give our finest scrap of all. And he holds up this little nice box. And we look back. I look back. Yeah, you what can look that? back now. Yeah. <laughs> He's holding a tiny sort of... The, the chest is no more than like maybe you know, four-inch box. But it looks pretty nice compared to most of the crap they have here. And it, he's, he's he's holding it like this, and then you look at it, and he pulls it away, and he tucks it, like, close it close. He's like, no, no, no. You don't get this till after they're gone. We also get the passage to the sewers after all of this, yeah? The passage to the sewers is through the enemy, to remind you. E e yeah, I mean, you're welcome to use the sewers. We'll show you where the entrance is. And it's in the back. Yeah, it's past the thing. Yeah. Yeah, you just have to find Monty because we're good people, Ravi. Right, if you say so. Also, he has a box. Seems like it'd be a lot easier just, you know, once we get through the crate, just to go to the sewers. Everything else. As and I say in a low just... voice. <laughs> I just leave that Monzi lady by herself. I've never met her. She's a fellow inventor, so I feel like I have a kinship towards her. Of course. We're going to use the crane to unclog the drain. To so move the crane. We're all entirely different concepts of what the fucking plan is. <laughs> Are we going to go in there and help them out and get rid of these gnolls? Yeah. Fierce beast up out on the Madden Waste, they change into everything. I mean, so I hear. Anita, you can move that, right? Have you? I I make the broad strokes assumption you understand the basic operations of a crane. I could try and study it, however, like I am, I just got out of prison. So when it comes to plans, I trust you more. I, I feel that you were able to really sleep, whereas Albert and I just got out of prison. <laughs> <laughs> there. Okay, points to Anita. You're tired. on the crane. Points to yeah. everyone who's not Anita. You're ready for anything that comes out of the other side when the gate opens. From there we go in, find, turns back. Lord, what was her name again? 
Bonzi. It's Bonzi. Bon- we miss Bonzi. Find Bonzi. Exterminate hostiles. Head home. Get a good night's sleep. We're not talking to these gnolls then, Tusks. I don't no. think they're ones for talking. If it comes up, sure, but from my understandings of the mana waste, when it gets inside your head, it, I, I'm i not exactly a brain surgeon, but I'm guessing their gray matter is beyond any form of comprehension. I don't know. You performed a pretty good brain surgery on that guy back in that, uh, that brothel. Well, you know, Zurich smiles. <laughs> Anita, as you kind of walk up at the edge of the water, because uh, you have the hardest time seeing, right? You can't see super far with with a lot of um, my light. Yeah, what's going on? You got your light. Um, there is like everyone else can see it. There's just well, actually, we talked about this earlier. The only person that can see color at night is Hal, but everyone else can see in uh, black and white. But with the light from Anita kind of going over the puddle, you see a reddish brown circular pool of water. Standing still in the large open area with stacks of metal and wood to the north and south. On the east side of this kind of lake, I guess for lack of a better word, is the large sort of metal box, a large steel box, you know, pitted with rust, just blocking kind of choke pointing at the end, right? And that's the sort of crate that you'd want to move in order to get deeper into the scrapyard. But between you and the box is this, you know, giant lake of water that you were told they sort of clogged the drain in order to build the standing water so they'd have a source of water here as a tribe. Is it just like an immediate drop off? Like if I were to go from like here or like here to here, would I like drop 10 feet into the water or does it slope? Uh, do you want to try it? I will go forward and look. Yeah, you want to stand at the edge? Give me a perception check. Secret perception Okay. Bless guidance. Babe. Keep up. It's hard to see, right? Between the like sort of shimmering surface of the water and stuff, uh, it is a little murky. It's a little hard to see, especially in the dark. Uh, we'll see. All right. Um, dark yeah, you start looking at it. It, it definitely doesn't look deep right given the fact that you're in the middle of like a, a scrapyard and it, the ground itself can't go very far down there's no way that this is more than a, a foot deep across even at its deepest it's just a very shallow stagnant pool of water makes sense and then can i tell like the film on the top that's like oozy can i like is that oil for sure 100 percent uh Give me a crafting. Give me a. This would probably be a recall knowledge of some sort. Uh, you've got your perception already. You know it's shimmering, but now you're trying to maybe put the piece together. So do you have an applicable lore? Otherwise, you could just do a. a recall I feel knowledge like crafting. I would if, allow a recall knowledge crafting. I guess. If Saruk's brand's like, hmm, yes, this is oil. That being component for mechanical things. Yeah. Uh, okay uh yeah you're pretty sure that it's just looking around it at the sort of stacks of of metal and scrap metal and machinery and stuff you think it's just collectively 
as the rain seeps down through all of the stuff, it just gets all the grime, all the soot, all the smog, and it's it's basically just a stagnant pool of of oil water, for sure. Probably flammable. Gotcha. And so we we cut over. So we have a neat. Uh, so we're doing that. Anita's going over towards the crane. What is Hal and Reficule doing? I think Hal would say when uh, Saruk says, yeah, it's probably fireable. He's like, uh, <laughs> puts out his cigarette and puts behind his yeah. ear. I was going to say, maybe you should try throwing it in. I don't know how. I mean, then we couldn't get across the damn. Up oh, there it goes. Lake. It oh, falls no, off of me and rolls to the water. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a uh, I mean, if it catches on fire, then we'd have to wait for it to go out. Or somebody would have to go into the fire and unclog it. Like, not really sure that's the point of what we want to be doing here. Like, to expeditiously make my way out of this place. In the absolute worst case, if we need a fallback point, it will serve as a good kill box, I suppose. Yeah, that's true. So we don't want Annie to unplug the drain and get rid of it all before we go about it. Well... I put it together so they could have some water, but I'm not sure they're drinking this. You just saw him. What's his head? Take. Well, you know, I'm a gentleman, so you saw it. Goblin uh, stomachs are wild things. Especially after that pickle buffet they got. Especially after that pickle buffet they got. You the coffee. So, uh, yeah, so you guys are just kind of standing back and like letting them do their thing and Anita you head over you you got the torch up you can see the crane itself looks super rusty right like there's a large winch driven crane towering over the piles of discarded machinery the crane's base is like totally surrounded in debris making it kind of hard to see and super rusty like the arm is so rusted through that you're kind of amazed it holds it all um, but in the cockpit as you as you kind of put the torch up up in the cockpit, you can see the bottom foot panel has been removed, exposing all the gears and mechanism behind the foot pedals and the long rusty levers. Um, somebody has like opened the sort of bowels of this thing and are and to get directly to where all the gears and stuff are. Does it look like completely broken? Like someone who doesn't know how to work a crane? tried or would it be like it's monzi's doing i mean it's from up here this is what you can see if you wanted to get in a little closer and maybe take a closer look at it you might be able to assess that okay so you you move up um give me a perception check (laughs) god (laughs) there you go that's a five i'm gonna use a hero point okay that's a five Reroll that one of those hero points from a five to a That's seven. That's a seven. <laughs> okay, so Can't you see. move Shoot. <laughs> into the crane, right? Uh, and you kind of lean in and try to get a good look, and you're almost like not quite in your hands and knees, but you're you're crouched low. Uh, at a first glance, it looks like it's working fine. The uh, the exposed sort of plate is there. 
to maybe give someone access to do repairs and you can tell it looks rusty so if you had perhaps some sort of lubricant that might help this and you're the first thing you notice right bacon grease right to uh yeah. <laughs> to lube the the gears up mm -hmm. but as that's happening um the camera kind of pulls back a little bit and we can see like in the the seat in the outside of the crane all over it there is this swarm of cockroaches that has sort of been i guess disturbed by your presence and touching it but you are completely oblivious to them as your head's down in your work and everyone else kind of looks over and realizes that hundreds upon hundreds of these cockroaches are starting to pour out and and start look to see what's disturbing their nest and we're going to go ahead and roll some it's a nest initiative this is a cockroach swarm so i'll cut over to the battle screen everyone we're else glances dinner. what's that we're fighting dinner yeah you glance over right it looks like a bunch of cockroaches have come out looking for a meal uh anita's com probably Ooh. completely oblivious Ooh. we'll see as we roll initiative because they're rolling stealth anita you're using your seven uh perception as your yeah. uh your initiative initiative so i'll go ahead and and Add that for you. These things are going to roll. Um, let's see. They're going to roll their stealth. And we'll see what they roll. Uh, the cockroaches get a 15. So that's reasonable. We'll let Hal and Refecule roll theirs. 23 for Damn. Hal. And a 17. So everyone. I, I think this fits the narrative. Everyone except for Anita. Sees the cockroach swarm <laughs> starting to uh, to form and appear around her as she's like, oh, I think wow. you know bacon grease, right? She's so heads down into it, and uh, it tracks. It's very on brand. Yeah, it it works. Bacon grease, it's on brand. <laughs> so we're gonna start our initiative, but Saruk, you see this cockroach swarm start. They've been irritated. This is like their nest. You're up first. What would you like to do? Well, first things first. Devise a stratagem. Devise it. All right. Taking out into... 12 on the dice, that? 19 for your stratagem. So I feel like because we were watching for the inevitable horde of things that want to kill and eat us to come from the... I don't know how to... Oh, the ping is the same way. From the box when it moves, Saruk has his mace drawn in its ranged mode. Okay. I will accept the 19. I turn towards the swarm. I need a move now. And I'll... Does a 19 Whoa. hit? A 19 does hit, in fact. Oh, I see. You blast uh, the cocker swarm. And then we have that. And then we have... It is a hit. It is not a crit. Let's make sure I get the right... One of these is there. The first non-crit, I feel like I've rolled in a while. So, eight points of bludgeoning damage. It is immune to the precision part of your damage. So, it takes the four physical piercing damage. It's also resistant five to piercing. And your shot, your blast sort of hits the swarm. And, you know, doesn't actually get through any physical damage. They resisted all the damage you felt. But there's a loud so... blasting noise. Uh... Oh, God. I think last action, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, oh, I'll just interact to spin the barrel. Okay. Spin that barrel to load the next one. 
All right. That brings us to Hal. Hal is going to... Oh, yeah. Also, what's the move. range on your... I didn't even look at how far you were with your uh, multi-mace. My multi-mace. It's uh, 20 feet. Of I feel like we've had to check this every time. I yeah, yeah. So it's funny. It is short. So, so you were 50 feet away. So technically, you would have had an even bigger multiple attack penalty. But I'll just... I forgot that for the first one, but we'll just say it hits, but doesn't deal any damage anyway. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry, Hal. I'll move up. Spend three actions. Three actions to rush up. After I see that... Uh, after I see... Saruk. Excuse me, Saruk. After I see Saruk, you know, clearly blast these things and it like... A, big hole but there's just as many cockroaches so he moves up that's my turn okay uh reficule i'm going to well i drew my pistol as part of initiative that is true i'm going to step 10 feet for free yeah that is right 10 paces I mean, not really knowing what else to do. I'm gonna shoot. Alright. Make that attack roll at the swarm. Is there any token for the swarm? Should be right here. Ah. The big one. It, it's it's a large swarm. I don't see the actual... It looks like it might be under something. Yeah. It's under the... Ah, there's it. just one of them. I thought there might be like a bunch. It's one it big one. Uh... It was both a bunch and one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Oh. Apparently it's not loaded. But I would have loaded it. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. You, I imagine you, you take the time to load between combat encounters. Right. Enough time has passed. That's reasonable. All right. A 21. What's the range increment here? 40, it's already... It's, is it, oh, you're you're doing pistol 60 feet? Yeah, you're within range. So 21 is a hit. All right. So... Oh, interesting. Because your dueling pistol has the concussive trait. Does your multi-mace pistol also have the concussive trait uh, for Saruk? No, I don't think so. Okay. Look, check that up. Because it, it, concussive can do bludgeoning or piercing, right? Depending on what's better for resistance. So you hit, you deal three points of piercing and or bludgeoning damage. In this case, it resists piercing five, but because of the concussive trait here, it only has two resistance to bludgeoning. You actually manage to get through one point of damage, roughly. The range mode of multi-pistol has concussive as well. Okay, then I uh, then you would have gotten two damage through on yours as well. All right, so I do one damage. Uh, that's my first action. Second action, I'll reload. And third action, I will uh, aid Annie in as she tries to fight off the bugs. Okay. Uh, so the cockroach swarm gets to go next. What it's going to do is going to spend its first action to actually like step up one square. So the, you actually watch as the, the swarm manages to cover both Hal and Anita. And Anita, you start feeling them crawling up your legs and on your back and start like under your clothes and they're just nipping at you. 
So the next two actions are going to be this sort of swarming bites. So I need Hal and Anita to make reflex saves. It's a DC, well, a DC 18 basic reflex save. Uh, 24. For 24 Anita. from Anita, that's nice. 19, so you guys both succeed, which means you yep. take half damage from the success. So three damage reduced down to one piercing damage from the cockroaches. Okay. And then with their third and final action, they're going to do it again. I need you guys to make reflex saves again. I feel like there'd be psychic damage from being swarmed by a bunch of cockroaches. <laughs> <laughs> Success on both. 18. 18 for each. Nice. That's going to be 8 reduced Whoa. to 4. Good lord. That was a good roll. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good um, roll. But that's their turn. Um, Anita. <laughs> she screams. Um, so for my... First action, I'm going to try and attack them with my foot. So I'll try and stomp on these cockroaches. Okay. Actually, no. Can I climb up to the crate already? Or is it blocked by this swarm? It's the swarm you can move through um, because it's just like a mm -hmm. bunch of individual things. But are you trying to move into the crane? Like into the compartment? Yes. Okay. Because I think you're, you're kind of yeah, already half leaning in and they're swarming in you. If you want to move, if you want to step or whatever... Um, yes, please. I so think, that I can like take a look, like further look into it. Yeah, so you can go ahead and, and move. Like it would be like basically. Oh, I, I don't think you can step. step into it, but you could take a stride oh, okay. to get into it. Yeah, I'll stride to get into the. It's kind of like difficult terrain. So you, you climb up into the compartment. Uh, it doesn't mm -hmm. trigger any kind of reaction. Okay, sweet. I'm right in there, and then. Uh, I just want to get in there. Uh, and then I'll give... I'll use two actions to give three to Wybird. Okay. So his first action would be to move... Right here. Uh, and then second action... Uh, he's also gonna... He's gonna try and stomp on this swarm. Okay. Wybird smash. Yeah. Does my aid <laughs> go off? Yeah. Yeah, it's Wyber, not not Anita, but I'll I roll with it. It makes sense. It's still it's Anita. I mean, yeah, yeah. Wyber can't act without Anita, so. Yep, yep. I All mean, right. a uh, GM will allow it. Would I? Huh, how am I going to aid? I mean, can I just shoot at it to try to distract it? Uh, is your gun loaded? I did. I loaded it. But yeah, you could spend. You could. Uh, you could definitely uh, fire. Uh, you can make it an attack roll in that case. If you'd like it to be. Uh, yeah, I'm not. It's like not. I'm not trying to do damage. Right. I don't think I can do that. But I'm just. I mean, you know. with aid, like an attack roll can be a thing a GM lets you do. Uh, it's okay. kind of up to the GM. So if you want to make an attack roll, you can. If you want to make it intimidate deception, I mean, do you tell me how you're flavoring it? I mean, yeah, I'm literally trying to sh to. Sh shoot at where, like, Wybert's near, so that, like, the swarm is kind of dispersed a little bit, so it yeah. gives him quieter room. So I'll let, I'll let you decide. So I, don't th I don't think I can try to deceive a swarm of cockroaches. Well, you haven't tried, we don't know, but it seems good that they're not a singular mind, right? It is a collection of... 
That's a oh, 28. Wow, 28 is going to be a success um, and gives Wybert a plus one circumstance bonus on his uh, attack. Okay. Alright, so Wybert Smash. A natural 20 for Wybert! Oh, 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 crits in chat, everyone. We got Wybert Smash. Not that he needed help. Why did I even bother helping Wybert? <laughs> right? Wybert knows what he's doing. Go ahead and roll machine. that critical damage on Wybert. I know, it wasn't made to be a killing machine. Please become one. Alright, damage. So that would be. Oh. Did you roll crit or regular damage? <laughs> no, that's a regular damage. Uh, 16 points of bludgeoning. That's not bad. Now, it is uh, it is resistant yeah. to, to the bludgeoning, but it still takes 14 points of damage as the cockroach swarm stomps a huge portion of it. Like, just stomp, 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 stomp. You watch as the swarm is, like, super thinned out now. Oh, cool. I have a question, cool. Steve. All right. Yes. Would I have got an opportunity attack as it moved in onto me? Because it moved. It stepped instead of moved, so no. Gotcha. Okay, second Wybert smash. That would be a 13. 13 will miss. Okay, that's it for my turn. Yeah. Uh, cockroaches are looking pretty hurt after that crit from Wybert. Uh, we're back to the top of the round. The Rook. Well, uh, we're going to do the thing. Device that stratagem. <laughs> that's a good thing. I'll Maybe a 21. First, I'll stride forward and then we're gonna duff a 21 hit way too many cockroaches at this range yes, yes. Bruh. Okay. <laughs> not a lot of damage so it's immune to the precision it's three piercing slash physical the, the sorry piercing slash bludgeoning it takes the bludgeoning because it's weaker the bludgeoning which gets through one point of damage got him Okay, that's it. Okay. Was that two? Oh, device stratagem stride move. Yep, okay. Mm. Uh, Halbrant. Hal's going to pull out his sword and try uh, to sweep them back and forth. <laughs> using his... Sweep the legs, each of them. Yep. All million of them. I'm thinking of dinner. All right. <laughs> there was sweep a lot more before Wybert just steamrolled them. Like, stop, stop, stop. Yeah, definitely. Some lizard legs drizzled with some... Uh, 22. 22 will hit. Nice. Are you nice. De dealing uh, slashing or piercing damage with your versatile... Slashing. Sword? Slashing, okay. Uh, <laughs> yep, that's nine points of damage. It is resistant five to the slashing. But... Between you and Wybert, it's enough to kind of, like, stomp out the swarm so just a little bit manages to, like, scatter back in. The kind of, like, singular focus of looking for food found the bottom of a robot boot and a sword, and the cockroach swarm sort of disperses back into, like, the ruins around you. And uh, we're out of initiative, and you guys have survived. They gotta be friends now. Albert <laughs> and Wybert. Uh, it's the killing machine. I mean, that, that this Anita, your robot here can really do some damage. I'd, I'd like it to be near me if I'm if there's not a dog around or apparently some other animals or critters. 
You know, I never really intended for Wybert to be a killing machine, just really a bodyguard. And then I never expected any of these of this strength. Well, did hell of a job, because, I mean, every time it hits something, it literally almost just destroys them. Destroys them. At least I've seen two, three times so far. I hold back the fact that Wybert killed an investor earlier. It's the bacon grease. It's bacon. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense now. Yeah. Oh, bacon grease. Mm, all right. Uh, I'll move back. Yeah, and... I climb into this cabin. Yeah, you can go ahead and climb back into the cabin. And, you know, now without cockroaches, oh like, biting at you, you can kind of see uh, down where the gears are. Uh, definitely rusty. Definitely looks like it would work. But if you apply just a little bit of lubricant, it would definitely help you to operate it. It doesn't look too complicated for you to operate, um, but down this low, you can see that like Monzi or someone, potentially Monzi, has sort of put a couple of things kind of tucked away in a little satchel bundle in this little compartment where you wouldn't see unless mm. you went all the way in. Okay, perfect. What's in it? Uh, I'll go ahead and reveal the little compartment right here. Um, it looks like you have a pint of oil. Okay. Uh, which could be used to lubricate this. Uh, also, a pickled sparrow eye in a tiny bottle, and peppery frog leg jerky. Are these all food? They look like okay, little so like, gonna... food things. Yeah. Oh. Or I'll I'll grab all of them and then use the oil to uh, the parts that I need using. Yep, you can go ahead and put those all these in your inventory. Yep. Um, but yeah, looking at the sort of crane, uh, it's one of two checks here, right? It's either a crafting lore, or if you wanted to like sort of like you could also do it as an athletics check to just like kind of force this machine to do what you want and like pull the levers because sometimes they get stuck. You can either use your brains to do it or just your brawn. Um, but uh, either way, you're pretty sure it would just be a simple matter of pulling the right gears. It looks functional, and you could easily. Okay. What are, you, what are you trying to do with it is the question. I would like to first use the oil to see if that would make it a little bit easier for me to control. Um, and you, then you can use I one of those oils like, out of your inventory, just use it yeah. up and kind of apply it to the, to the gears. Yes, please. That is what I would like to do. And then I would like to use my... I'd like to try and use my brain first. Of course. And if I can't... Mm -hmm. Yeah, go ahead and make that crafting oh, check. Like and as Anita's in there working that, the camera kind of pans back to the three of you guys standing watching her work just on the edge of the shore. What are you guys kind of doing in this situation while she uses her brain? I'll uh, be picking some of these cockroaches out of my crevices in my robe and these damn things bit me. That shit hurt. But if you squeeze them right here, right into your mouth, oh, it's like licorice. I rolled a nine, so I would like to use a hero point. Sure. Yeah, go ahead. And uh, if you'd like, you can re-roll that. My last one. Uh, you do get a plus one circumstance bonus to the roll just because of the oil you've applied, by the way. A 12. So that turns your 11 into a 12. Um, you start working at it, and the, you guys all hear the sort of, like, gear start up. And you hear Anita going, <laughs> grinding the gears and trying to, like, make it work. And you can see the kind of crane moving back and forth a little bit. Uh, 
but it looks like Anita's having a little bit of trouble making it work. I peek my head out of the cabin real quick. Um, is anyone strong enough to maybe loosen these levers a little bit better? Hang on. I'll Thank clamber you. my way up. Yep. Really? Like licorice? I've only ever had them in, in coffee before. Oh. Yeah, that's what gives that sweet taste of licorice a little kick at the end, though. Mm-hmm. To keep keep you alive out in the mana waste, tell you that. You know, I once saw a swarm like that eat a kid alive. Uh, 14, you have, is the the Pursue Elite is a... The one I wish it wasn't. Yeah, it's Circumstance. It's Circumstance, and then the oil ends up being Circumstance as well. I'll burn my hero point for rather than the re-roll. Rather than the re-roll, I'll take the, the bonus after. Okay. Which I forget what is, but is one or greater. Like I can, I can grab the number, but it, like it should be sufficient. I'm sure. What what is it we're talking about? Sorry, I missed it. It was a... you can you can use hero points to add a bonus to a roll. I don't think that's supposed to just re-roll then. I think it's just a re-roll. I think that adding a oh. bonus to your roll is a sort of house roll thing. Fair enough. Never mind. I will just re-roll then. I thought about implementing that rule, like David Sims advocates it in our Discord all the time. I could have swore that was... Maybe I remember something from the playtest. Oh, yeah. Nice. Even oh, better. Uh, you're doing crafting and not athletics. You're doing this more of a mechanical sense and less of a brute force sense. So mm-hmm. as as you uh, do that, um, you manage to loosen the right gears and you can see that there was like some gear that was kind of blocking another. Monzi has sort of rigged this in a very silly way, but you managed to reverse engineer her craziness and get it working and the whole crane sort of comes loose and starts swinging, and you guys now have full control over operating this crane and doing whatever you want with it. Very nice, Saruk. So with your 27, what is it you are attempting to do first? So I'm gonna turn also, the crane. Heisenberg gave you a Saruk, a hero point in chat. She's good. And I will turn, grab the, the box by the handle and set it like, Honestly, if I can get it right on the, the wall of tetanus that's keeping the cops away from us, or like rather like a five foot square behind it so there is more things between them and us, that seems ideal. Yeah, the crane arm does kind of give you that much leverage, right? So you kind of pick up the big steel crate that's at the end and sort of spin it, spin around, and you're able to drop it like right in that little choke point coming into the, the scrapyard, no problem. Nice. At which point, Saruk will clamber down, and away we go. Did, hmm? did the pool, like, did the water of the pool, like, drain out from that hole from the metal crate? No, the metal crate was sort of like a blocker at the end, but as the crate picks up, you kind of wait for a moment to see if any of the water drains. It still looks like it's stagnant and sitting there. Also, hello, murder hobos and chocobros. Thanks for the raid. Hello. You get the sense looking at it, Anita, that possibly uh, the, dra- the 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 crate that you guys just moved doesn't have anything to do with the actual drainage of this sort of water. So the water still stands. And presumably, there's a little bit of an incline here, so it wouldn't like ah free space mm. flowing now. 
Yeah, it kind of flows away from that, so it so it might spill out a little bit, but mostly it's kind of spilling towards the center choke point. So we'd really have to unclog it. Yeah, oh, we want to unclog it around it. Yeah, or you can just like kind of skirt the edge of it. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm going. gonna do it. I'm it's only a foot deep, right? Yeah, I'm just gonna go right behind. Pal. All right, so let's stop for a second. You guys start skirting around the upper edge. Uh, Reficule and Anita, I'll, what are you guys doing? I what do you will... think, Connie? I'll stay in the... Where are they? I can't see them. Okay. Yeah, they've they've gone <laughs> off into the dark across the water. Okay. <laughs> like, I'll so just follow them, Ruffy. You know, right. it was Saruk that figured out this crane. Ah. I'm sure you loosen it up a bit for him. No, I think I just need some sleep, Esselin boy. The oh. craziness of that prison break was insane. I'll tell you about it when we get when I get it. Right, I want to hear that story. Yeah, I'd like to know more about it too. <laughs> so, Alan Stork, you guys have kind of taken the lead, kind of moving up ahead. Yeah. What would you say, because we're in this exploration, but what was what would your exploration activities be? You can narratively tell me what your character is doing, or you can tell me the specific exploration activity if you want to mechanically tell me what you're doing. I would be avoiding notice and slinking avoiding. through the darkness. Okay, so you're avoiding notice for sure. Baruch? I think, honestly, assuming that there's going to be bad shit happen, like as soon as we turn the corner, Saruk has his shield raised, and it's just like... Not running forward, but moving quickly, expecting to get attacked. Okay. So shield raised in a defensive posture. And then Reficule and Anita are kind of bringing up the rent. That, Rear, what are you guys doing besides Chen? Look at that crazy bastard just running forward, shield up. And I'll follow Hal's lead and try to avoid notice. Avoid notice? I really can't see anything past you. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Unfortunately. <laughs> Who are you talking about? Saruk or Hal? Ah, Hal's fine. I'm following him. Oh, okay. It's Tuss. He's just running forward like a madman. Oh, wow. That's crazy. I wish I could see. <laughs> uh, I'll just be on the lookout. Oh, can I defend? Can I defend without a shield as an exploration activity? Not really, because you can't. You don't have a shield to raise, uh -huh. right? Yeah. Can I scout? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's going to give everyone a plus one stealth roll or initiative roll. bonus for their initiative, yeah. Okay, so here's what happens. Everyone starts moving around the edge of the, the, the lake. Um, you guys have been around this water for a long time, and I've had you guys made quite a few perception checks, and you've come up short on each one. So in this moment, as Hal and Saruk are like skirting the edge, moving up, the water still stands, none of you... We're going to see in a second, but it doesn't seem like any of you noticed that there is, even though this water is not super deep, there is a sort of like shimmer and a shifting to the the rusty ooze color that camouflages it and is hard to recognize. And in that moment, as you guys move around the edge, this like sort of pulsating gel-like body in the middle of the lake starts noticing your presence and almost imperceptibly with a 19 on its stealth begins sort of like moving in your guys' direction. So 
We're going to roll initiative again. Um, Saruk, oh, sorry, Reficule and Hal, you guys are rolling your stealth because you guys were both avoiding notice. Saruk's going to roll Perception and Anita will roll Perception. You all get a plus one bonus to your roll thanks to Anita Scouting. We know that the ooze got a 19 on its stealth, so that's kind of the target number to be aware of its presence. Oh my gosh. Seven. Well, you can't see anything, so that makes sense with the seven. <laughs> I love how the scout can't see. Oh, can't see! Look out! <laughs> right? Oh, here's scouting. something! Oh, that's man. Okay, so. 17. Oh. oh 18. I rolled a seven, Yahtzee. but it didn't. Uh, I rolled a seven, but it didn't put on thingy. Okay, cool. We're good. So. Uh, let me pause this. So. Oh, uh, wait. There's a disturbance in the forest. That's how I'm scouting. Wrong system. Don't disturb the water. <laughs> Closer to the right system. So, this rust ooze that's imperceptible to you guys, right? Uh, kind of starts moving towards what it, it perceives, right? So, let's see. We got Saruk here. What are you wearing, Saruk? Uh, okay. What are you wearing, Hal? Uh, okay. So this this thing, leather uh, it Off moves. The new waves leather. A steel shield. Yep. You both you're both wearing like the studded leather. You got the steel shield over there. Uh, this oozy thing, um, it's not sneaking as much as it's just moving. So it starts moving in your guys' direction, and I think that's the minute you become aware that this water isn't just water. There is a creature here. And it sort of ripples directly and, like, moves through this water with a grace, right? Right up against you, Hal. So its first movement is to stride up next to you. And then its second uh, second action is to do a pseudopod attack on you. Do I get an opportunity attack? Do not. Because it moves in range? Got it. Because it it moved next to you, but it didn't take a stride action from a square that you threatened. So... It, it doesn't trigger the opportunity attack just moving into it. It has to, it has to take the, the move action from a square that you can threaten, right? If you had, like, reach, then yeah. Um, so it does make a strike here. That's an 11 plus 11 on the dice. So that's 22. Yep. That will hit. It's going to be 8 points of bludgeoning damage. Uh, and... As as it hits you, right? As it's like oily water washes over you, um, I'm going to need you to make a fortitude saving throw. Uh, Twenty-four. That is a critical success, and you take absolutely nothing from it. Um, And with its third action, it does another uh, attack. This time with a penalty. Uh, 14. That's a 20. Still hits me. Uh, that's 10 more points of damage. Hey, there, oh, have gosh. you heard about our new PCs? The yeah. Calls? So Hal, immediately this drop. water thing jumps up, hits Hal. Hal drops to the ground. Your like, longsword clatters out of your hand and all of that. Um, looking, It's looking bad for Hal and how you move before it in initiative now. Um, 
But that's his turn. Uh, Saruk, you react. You see it happening. So I guess I have to give him a target. But before I do that, I'm going to devise me a strategy. Oh well, boy. would you look at that? That's I'm a natural 20 for a total of 27. <clears throat> because I thought things would be running at me. I feel like it's fair to say in the we are going forward for the bad thing that my multi-pistol is in its melee mode. Okay. So I'm going to step to here and then uh, <laughs> I'm going to give it the bonk. All right, bonk this thing. That's a natural <laughs> 20. That's a crit. But here's the thing. This ooze has crit immunity here. I so oh. I can turn off the precision damage too. So it's it's not going to... So you're going to roll regular damage on this strike and not a crit damage, unfortunately. Gotcha. Dang. Well. Five damage. Five uh, points of damage. Two of his precision. You bring your sort of weapon up you slam into it. Um, it takes five points of damage. Yeah, because it is immune to like the precision and stuff. Um, as you hit it, um, the uh, the the sort of metal of your mace slams into this this ooze. The ooze slams into it. It splashes back. Your weapon itself actually takes four points of acid damage directly to your mace. It what? starts eating nice. away at the fringes of your mace. Now it has something in the neighborhood of like. 20 something hit points so it's not broken yet but we just kind of ballpark tracking how much because foundry doesn't have a way to track damage um breaking out the notepad but it does hurt your mace and you feel like as your metal slams into this thing um it has resistance five to this strike and you deal nothing to it well done okay hmm. uh one two and three Let's see. Uh, I'll take my free action for a 10-foot step. Uh-huh. And then first action. Uh, that, that's a wall there, so I couldn't go there. Um. Stride to there. Okay. By the way, uh, I love the fact that I need this in the back, like just hearing a bunch of like noises in the dark going, let's go. <laughs> right? But anyways. Yeah, I'm like, what the that fuck must is sound that like thing? Pop Rocks as acid hits black powder. <laughs> yeah. The second action, I'll stride over towards Hal. Okay. Third action, I'll just grab onto his body, unconscious body. All right, so you can you can use one of your free hands to grab his body. Uh, so Hal is entire inventory is five bulk. Uh, him as a medium creature is also going to add about five bulk to that. So Hal in total is worth ten bulk. Now because you're ten. dragging him, we half that to five bulk, which would make you potentially encumbered that put me at my max bulk at 11. So you're at max bulk so you could barely drag hal you're not really equipped for this sort of thing but you could definitely try um well all right uh i don't actually have the blunderbuss and flintlocket musket on me you did leave them somewhere right yeah 
Yeah. So it's possible for you to drag him. It's just know that you're like heavily encumbered. So like you're dragging him with a full stride. So it's three. only going to be a barely. That'd be th minus three bulk. So technically, I'm only at three bulk right now. Okay. So with how so you that get put eight bulk. Eight bulk, and my max is eleven. Yeah. You're still encumbered. Oh, I'm encumbered six. Yeah. But yeah, you, you can um, go ahead and use your final action to get your hand on him if you want. Yeah, that's fine. Alright. I think that was all three, right? Yep. Alright, Anita. Alright, I can't bloody well see anything. So I'm <laughs> follow the sound. Oh, also, so just just to be clear, I wasn't tracking it very closely, but every single square with water is difficult terrain as you step through. So as we're moving okay. through the terrain, just expect it to be a little slower. Okay, so I'm going to use my first action to get as far as I can. I still can't see the ooze. Yeah, I think you should have enough for one more square with that movement. Okay. I think from there you can okay. see just the shiniest shimmer of some kind of creature. And you see Rufkule bent oh. down like hand on Hal's collar. Okay. Um. Hmm. I'll use another uh, movement. Okay. To get yep. as close. Okay. And then for my third action, I'm going to uh, pull out a blight bomb. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's all three of my turns. Yep, you got a torch in one hand and a blight bomb in the other. Perfect. Yes, All right, sir. Hal. Uh, death saving throw. That was too close. That's one success. 13. You go back from dying one to dying zero. You become wounded one and you're stabilized. You're not dying anymore, but you're, you know, unconscious. unconscious. Uh, all right, that brings us to the ooze's turn. So here's what you guys saw, right? Hal got knocked down. When Hal went unconscious, the sword he was holding like clattered to the floor. And you watch as like this ooze sort of um, moves like its body, like kind of over, like onto the same square that Hal is on. Because Hal's prone. But instead of like going for like Hal's body, it kind of like surrounds the sword. And it starts like basically absorbing the sword into itself. And the sword is beginning to, like, kind of rust under this thing's body. Um, Did he have his sword out, though? It's a good question. I assumed you had your sword out. No, I didn't have my sword out because I didn't think anything was going to attack us. Okay. So I would just be walking, like, on the side, sword in the... But it's, it's not like I have a full... Like leather scarab, it's just like a, it's just like a rope tied oh. to my belt. Right, right. So, effectively, it could do the same thing. Yeah. What is reficule? I mean, it was also besides just me hit in the face with something that it wants to eat. Yeah, I'm trying to look at. Yeah, I think in that case, if the sword didn't clatter, it wouldn't have sensed the movement of the sword clattering. This creature would then turn its attention to the best source of metal it could find, which in this case was the giant metal mace that just smacked it, and it already started absorbing. So it turns its attention on Saruk, 
Um, and it's going to make its first strike against Saruk. That's a 24. That definitely hits. Not quite a crit. Close. Uh, six points of bludgeoning damage. Uh, third action, or second action, same thing, just pseudopod attack. 18 on the dice for a 24. Again, it really does not like you. Oh, and can you make, um, sorry, on the first strike, can you make a fortitude save, Rook? Do you want one for the second ones here? Uh, yes. Okie dokie. I think technically, Hal, you owe me one more or two for going when you went unconscious. Uh, oh, a natural twenty on the table. You, 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 you can feel there's something in this, but you're resisting both of it. Um, and then, uh, and how you're fine on your segment. And for the, th it's, it's not very smart, so it's just going to do the same thing again. Um, Eleven on the dice for a total of twelve, and the third strike misses. You can feel it like lashing out at you and trying to like, it's it's aiming more for your mace than it is for you, but you're getting kind of caught in the crossfire, Saruk. Mm -hmm. All right, and Saruk, it is your turn. Okay, so I think <laughs> I think we're fucked. I'm gonna just swing blindly. I think for the first one. Gotta run. Just quickly. Not even devise a strategy. Just swing. Yeah, I just just gotta okay. try to hit the thing. Sixteen is a hit. Or well, I clicked damage. I don't know why. It won't hit the thing. There we go. All right. Presumably no damage. Four points of damage, and you watch again as, as the, the acid splashes back, dealing 11 points of damage to your mace. Uh, we're now getting to the point where it's starting to, like, corrode. It's really close to reaching its, like, broken point. Um, uh, and the four damage you deal is not enough to get through its metal resistance. It seems to be the metal in your weapon is but is making this not work. Makes sense. So seeing that's not working in <laughs> what is the dumbest thing I've ever done out of character, but what Saruk has been trained to do in character for the second action when hit, splash, lean down forward, and why, yes, I'm going to attack it with my tusks. Oh, let's go, tusks! <laughs> we need some tusks in chat for this one. Ah, boom! <gasps> I'm kind of okay that I didn't bite the rest <laughs> of the thing. <laughs> so yeah, uh, unfortunately a three is going to miss. At which point I'm going you watch to... He tries to eat those. <laughs> nom, nom, nom. I think... Can I, from where I'm standing, can I use my third action to like help support Refi supporting Hal? Or am I too far away? I'm probably too far. I'm... I mean, you can I'm grab Refi, who's grabbing Hal, and then try to like, <laughs> we just conga line, the conga line drag. But that's adding a lot of bulk. But you are pretty tough. You're pretty strong. <laughs> da, 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 fuck. <laughs> I think we're just gonna. You said these are difficult terrains, so I'll ten twenty backwards. Okay. And that'll do it. it. This is difficult terrain, so I don't know if you can get two squares with a speed of twenty five. Was. 10, 20. You know, you were good there. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, that's me. Alright. Reficule. Alright. Is there any metal scraps around me that don't look rusted? 
I mean, most of the wall is built from, like, bits of scrap metal and stuff, so there is quite a bit of junk just generally within reach of you right now, yeah. I'm going to... Thinking I'm not going to be able to pull Hal away. I'm not strong enough to go far enough. Uh, look for something, seeing it's what it's been doing to Sirk's weapons. And the, what it, you know, it looks like. I'm just going to look for a bit of metal around me to grab and then toss towards it. Okay. Um, like this way. <laughs> like through it and this way, possibly. Right, right. So you can use it and interact to to grab something. Why don't you give me like a general crafting check to see if you can find something, a recall knowledge crafting check or engineering lore or any any kind of lore here to to and we'll, we'll combine that with the interact to grab something you think that'll work. Would it? Could I argue for perception because I'm just trying to look for something that's not rusted? And metal? yeah, I'll allow it. I think that's reasonable. All right. I think if you if you bump from like a uh, you know um, a perception check from like a, a something like a, a lore, it's going to be a slightly higher to see, but it's doable. All right. That's a sixteen. Okay. There's there's a bit of like sh- like corroded sort of bent sheet that has been uh, kind of crimped into this weird shape. But you get your hand on it and you pull it out and it's it's pretty hefty, but big enough that you could get like your hand yank it out from the wall and do this sort of fetch motion as you throw the sort of metal frisbee it through the air and it sort of splashes back in the back of the pond. I'm assuming that's two actions then. No, I think I'll I'll let that roll into well, it's one action to interact and grab it, one to throw it. Yeah, right. Um, and then. Third action, I'd like to. Beautiful how. Uh, yeah, I'll, third action. Now, oh, no, I'd have to grab him again, wouldn't I? Uh, I think you got one hand or, on him. Oh, you got one hand on your dueling pistol. Then yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, also, just just for the record, as you're digging through and looking for metal bits, there's lots of metal and sheet metal, but there's actually a decent amount of like kind of old, sharp wooden sticks and stakes that you could easily like grab a stick out and kind of have like an improvised club of some sort. That does fuck all for me. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. Just you pushed a past a bunch of wood to get this metal sheet and check it, right? Yeah. Um... Uh, I think I would just, uh, yeah, interact to grab Hal again for next turn to start okay. trying to drag him. That's my turn. All right, Anita. All right. Um, how far can Wybert go with three actions? He has 25 feet of movement. So technically he could go, like, first 25 feet to there, right? And then with every yeah. stride after that, he could move two squares. Okay, one, two... One, no, two, not Wybert. Yeah, I mean that would basically. Be what's for dinner? <laughs> yeah, Wybert, man. Here, right here. Yep, he right would get all here, the way right? to there with all three okay. actions. Uh, spending two actions to bring Wybert all the way here. Uh huh. Um, and then, and then it's twenty feet to chuck a bomb, right? 
Uh, the range increment on bombs are 20 correctly. feet. So you could throw it more. You just have a, a minus two penalty to the attack if you go out of the 20 foot range. So from where you are to the creature, since it's 30 feet, it would just be at a minus two penalty. At a minus two? Uh, yeah, I'll try it. Sure. Let's do this. All right. You throw the blight bomb. Minus two. I'll take off the dexterity modifier. So it's just a plus three. Come on, Blight Blanc. Ooh, Ooh 19 22. on the dice for a total of 22. That is... It would be a crit if it wasn't immune to crit, so it's a hit. Oh, sweet. Okay. It also has precision damage. So, for the first... For the damage, that would be four. And oh, then... Yes. <laughs> Sorry, <Four> points, <laughs> Five points of poison damage, right? Mm -hmm. uh, okay, wait. So it does a base damage of 1d6 poison. You rolled four. Um, mm -hmm. It is... Oh, it added the splash damage already. Yeah, so it is actually... has no anything to poison, so it takes the full poison damage, including the five okay, sp and one splash. Uh, okay, Refugee and how oh. each take one point of splash damage too. As the bomb explodes. So fucking sorry. One point to Refugee. How you take one point of damage, you go to dying two. What? You were wounded one. Can I aim I... it here? Uh, if you don't, no, you threw it at the creature, which is why it dealt the damage, right? Uh, okay. The splash is just the one point of splash, but splash does one damage. Yeah. Uh, around. May I retroactively just do the one splash damage right here instead of aiming it at the creature? I mean, yeah. sure, and with the same roll, instead of taking five damage, it now only takes uh, one point of damage. The persistent effect, it, it doesn't get hit with the 1d4 persistent splash, but it and Refugio each take one point of damage. Okay, and then I want Wyber to look as juicy as he can be. Oh, yeah. Oh, my fucking god. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's the direction we're trying to I go just said, towards. wow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, how? No, no. You're, you're, you're he's not dying. You. He's blocking you. He's blocking you. You're not he dying thanks you. to the bomb like being uh, a little like off, but uh, you're you're still like, they go here. Just run away. Yeah. So you watch like Refugio. You throw the little frisbee sheet metal, and you actually watch as as it throws. You almost see the whole like creature because it doesn't have a face. It doesn't have a body, but it, you can just see it sort of follow what you threw. Like it wants it, right? And it almost feels like it's going to go towards it. And then it stops for a second as it, a juicier sort of meal has been presented to it. And immediately you watch with like a swiftness, this creature sort of swims across this one foot deep lake away from you right at Wybert. Cool. <laughs> and uh, first action is to attack Body. Wybert. Uh, 19. It's and I need to do a fortitude save for Wybert. No, uh, well. No, I think, you know what? Wybert is immune to this effect. Wybert, in fact, cannot get his... tetanus. Yes, six <laughs> points of damage to Wybert. Okay. Um. And then uh, second strike, second action strike, or sorry, third action, a minus penalty strike, 16 which hits, hits Wybert again. Wybert then takes another 
10 points of bludgeoning damage. Okay. My baby's still up. Still up, and this thing, you just watch as it's, like, wrapping its like, oozy, like, form. It's, like, rusty sheen around Wybert, and it's, like, trying to sort of eat Wybert. Mm-hmm. That's his turn. The root. Oh, Wybert. Thank God. <laughs> Wybert. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What do I fucking do? Think how it has to shake out, because I'm gonna... Stride, because I presumably cannot step to here. Right, yeah, because of the difficult terrain, it had to be a stride. Oh god, I hate this. I'm going to use my tusks at it. Okay. Go ahead and bite. <laughs> Please let me get some damage through. 15 is a hit. I'm guessing I need to make a fortitude save, because I'm sticking my face in tetanus right now. I mean... <laughs> I'm going to say no... Luckily, you are a merciful god for piercing. <laughs> uh, for piercing, it takes Ooh, the full tetanus. force. You bite down, and as you do, there's like a splash oh. across your face. Uh, there might be some like light, like acidic scarring, like kind of around your mouth, but like you're not taking any damage. Uh, you, you're not wearing like like iron teeth or anything, right? It's just your teeth. I mean, there are cold iron rings on Saruk's tusks, but I don't know how those interact with rust. I'm gonna. Last in, in this case, I will 10, just 20. deal the four damage. We'll ignore the cold iron yeah. of the. Uh, okay, I'll straight away and pass. So yeah, you bite down and you deal four damage to it, and then you back away. We've lost Tommy. Oh my god, Tommy! Dead. <laughs> um, but I think he's straight away for his last action. We'll get him back. Uh, Reficule. All right, I will uh, drag Hal as far as I can go. Okay, so with your encumbered each stride action through difficult terrain, I think each stride action you bring Hal, you're going to be able to drag him five feet. All right. If if the water wasn't here, if the lake had been drained, it would be a much easier. But with the water, it's really like making it harder. So you can drag Hal behind you, sort of like a round. That's my it. turn. Yeah, uh, Anita. Sorry. And Tommy, do we get you back on can audio? Presumably. I... Huh? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Hello. Okay. <laughs> can I? I can't pass through allies, right? No, you can pass through allies without issue. I can. Okay. Yeah. So I would like to use one, two. So two squares per stride action, yeah? Yep, so so first the first stride would be ten feet of your movement. The second stride okay. would be ten feet of your movement. You'd be inside Wybert, okay. you wouldn't have any more movement with one stride. Yeah, so I'll use two actions to get here. Can't end on an ally space though. Here? No no no. Yeah, you, right. can, you can get there with two actions, yeah. You can get through Wybert with two actions. I'm just thinking. Yeah, I'm gonna get here. Oh, Wybert, buddy. Hmm. Um, I already spent two actions, and then I'm gonna use one action to uh, draw my healer's kit. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's the end of my turn. Yep, you go into your bag, you pull out your healer's kit. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Um, all right, top of the round, the creature gets to go. Yeesh. I think this might be Bybert time. Uh, four on the dice, that's a miss. <laughs> if anyone in chat would like to give me a hero point, no? Nobody? Nope. What? I swear to God. <laughs> All right. To Wybert, the favorite character at the moment. Second action <laughs> 13, yeah, that hits. which ends sure, up being a 19, which does hit. Uh-huh. Uh, Wybert takes nine points of bludgeoning damage again. Wybert's at zero. Wybert goes not down. He's not dead, dead. He's not dead. Mm. He's kind of like going... Mm. I can like repair him at one at some point. Yeah. Uh, and as Wybert goes to zero uh, with his third action, it continues to strike at Wybert with his last action uh that is an 18 jesus i mean he doesn't get a dying condition he's just broke <laughs> yeah does he not i think he does get a dying condition doesn't he um like where's my book <laughs> we can i'm gonna let you know let me grab my book. No, we'll look it up. <laughs> whatever it is this thing has found its juicy meal and it is spending all of its focus like just digesting wyvern so Tommy, you are striding you... as far away from this fucking thing as I possibly can. Okay, uh, you just, just reactions backwards. I tail it right. Yeah, very much. Okay, that brings us to Reficule. I'll delay my turn. Okay, Anita. Uh, battle medicine on how? Okay, go ahead and roll that medicine check. Oh, this is Wybert's. So like, why am I just a plus one on battle medicine? Yeah, Wybert's not that good at medicine. Oh. He's good at the opposite. And he's of also he's not the right now. <laughs> uh, and he's come not on, let's go. Come on, Hal, wake up. Ah, uh, uh, it's a twelve. Twelve. A twelve's not going to be success. Okay, and I can't try again. He's immune for the rest of the day after you okay. battle medicine. If that's the case. No more hero points. Get out of here. Yeah, do we got hero points in chat? No, you know what? I haven't given you any extra hero points today. Uh, Anita, why don't you take a hero point? This is your heroic moment, right? This is your chance to save <laughs> Hal. Let's see if it works. Come on, Hal, wake up! A 14. Yeah, that's one uh. way. I know I'm I had gonna a yell, Get out of here. Potion. Good night, big D&D. Oh, and Hollow RPG actually gave Anita a hero point in chat, so you still got one more hero point. Uh, yeah, you are unable to to revive Hal. Can I use that hero point <laughs> for this hero? In this role. Yeah. Okay, so that's one action already. I mean, Ruffy, I could help you. I'm guessing the hell. I'm taking Hal out. All right, you need. Okay. Oh, Wybert. Okay. So I'm gonna use my two actions. Can you get him out? Out? How far can you get him out? Fifteen feet further than where he is. <laughs> That's not a lot, Ravi. All right, I'll wait for you here. 